Hi, this is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology podcast. I am your host, Eric Christensen, and you can certainly uh, reach out to us at reallifepharmacology.com. Also, you can track me down uh, on LinkedIn as well. So getting into the podcast today, let's cover celecoxib. So this medication is classified as a COX-2 inhibitor, and essentially it's going to have similar clinical effects uh, to traditional NSAIDs. So I think that's a good place uh, to start. Now if you remember COX-1 and COX-2, COX-2 is thought of as uh, an enzyme that mediates uh, prostaglandins, Uh, that regulate uh, pain, fever, and inflammation. Um, COX-1, that can be a little bit more of the uh, antiplatelet type activity and things of of that nature. So mechanistically, uh, how this drug works is it inhibits cyclooxygenase 2 or COX-2 that reduces those prostaglandins by inhibiting that enzyme. Uh, and those again, those prostaglandins um, are responsible for pain and fever and inflammation. And so by inhibiting those, reducing the amount of prostaglandins, uh, we essentially reduce pain and inflammation, which flows into what this medication is used for, and that's various uh, pain syndromes. Um, generally, uh, we you know reserve the NSAIDs and COX-2s for um, more inflammatory type pain. Uh, but they certainly can be used for like osteoarthritis and things of, of that nature too. Uh, adverse effect uh, profile. Uh, so there is GI risk with celecoxib. Now it's likely less than a drug like indomethacin or ibuprofen, traditional NSAIDs, uh, but the risk uh, still is there. I think that's important to note. Um, I, I've heard students say this, that there's no GI risk with celecoxib, uh, and there, there certainly is. And I would definitely take a look clinically at your patient that you're considering prescribing, um, considering recommending celecoxib for, um, and take a look at their other medications and make sure we don't have other meds that may increase uh, that GI bleed risk potentially, you know, anticoagulants, antiplatelets, things like, like that. Uh, so keep in mind, GI risk is there. You know, GI upset, GI bleed, risk for ulcer. Uh, another adverse effect, uh, the drug, uh, celecoxib, can cause sodium and fluid retention. So you could imagine this is potentially problematic in a patient with heart failure. So very, very important if you see somebody with Uh, escalating doses of of diuretics, for example, you've got to remember to look for other agents that can cause this adverse effect. And celecoxib certainly is and and can be associated with edema. Uh, Kidney function, if you remember that interplay, 
Uh, if you go listen to the uh, NSAID lecture, I believe I talked about that. But uh, think about those patients at higher risk for kidney problems. Uh, maybe our dehydrated patient, elderly patient, uh, patients already on uh, meds that can impact the kidney. Uh, so your ACEs and ARBs, which are really, really common in hypertension. Uh, diuretics are another example there. Uh, so we need to really pay attention, uh, monitor that, that kidney function for a patient on uh, silicoxib. Uh, there is a, a boxed warning, increased risk for cardiovascular events. So if you've got somebody especially uh, with a history of cardiac problems, maybe a heart attack, things of that nature, or a stroke potentially, um, we've got to be aware of that, that we may be putting them at a little bit more risk uh, for something like that. So definitely reassessing that risk versus benefit uh, of using a, a medication like celecoxib. Uh, I have seen uh, minor alterations in, in blood pressure as well. Whenever you talk about sodium and, and fluid retention, um, hypertension or worsening of, of increasing blood pressure uh, can go along with that as well. A uh, couple uh, pharmacokinetic, pharmacodynamic things I, I wanted to mention. Uh, so the half-life of, of celecoxib is about half a day. Uh, so most patients, you're probably going to see this dose twice a day. However, pain is subjective. And so if we've got a patient who's, um, you know, only struggling with, with pain at a certain time of day, uh, that may be a patient where we just utilize the, the drug once a day. So again, kind of some clinical judgment there, working with the patient on, on what they need, what they want. Also paying attention to, uh, as we escalate doses, we've got to think about uh, those adverse effects that I talked about there as well. Uh, one other uh, pharmacokinetic, pharmacodynamic type thing, sip uh, 2C9 actually breaks this drug down. Uh, so genetic variations, drugs that inhibit CYP2C9, uh, there may be a potential um, for those type of patients to have increased concentration. So again, poor metabolizers or drugs that inhibit CYP2C9, uh, potential for increased risk of, of drug concentrations. Obviously, that leads to an increased risk of toxicity. Monitoring parameters, I, I kind of talked about a little bit. I mentioned that kidney function. We're going to need to monitor that uh, over time, of course. Uh, CBC, so you know, hemoglobin, we're going to want to monitor for that, that bleed risk potentially. Uh, there have been uh, rare reports of elevations with LFTs uh, with celecoxib. Uh, something to, to think about. Uh, generally not a major thing on my mind with celecoxib, but uh, in, in rare cases, uh, you may see it, see it cause issues there. Uh, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we will finish up on drug interactions after the break here. If you're looking for study materials for your board certification exam, uh, we've got geriatrics exam, uh, pharmacotherapy, ambulatory care, uh, medication therapy management certification, uh, study materials, go check those out. Uh, also through our uh, sister website, rxgrad.com. Definitely go check out our NAPLEX content. That's uh, been something we've been focusing on really hard, working to grow that. Uh, we've got tons and tons of practice questions, uh, lectures, all sorts of stuff uh, that pertain directly to that NAPLEX content outline. So uh, certainly go check that out. 
Uh, if you're not in the market for test prep material, we've certainly got Audible books, uh, good clinical content on medications and medication education in general. Uh, go check all that out, meded101.com slash store. Again, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E, to check out all our available uh, products there, and that certainly helps uh, us uh, support this podcast for free. So finishing up on drug interactions, uh, one of the first things that I, I always think about um, is those renal issues with any NSAID, and uh, celecoxib is not um, out of that classification, at least in my mind, as far, as far as the kidney issues. So if you've got a patient at higher risk of uh, kidney problems, worsening kidney function, I talked about some of those risks before, uh, but specifically on the drug interaction side, ACEs, ARBs, uh, loop diuretics, thiazide diuretics, uh, potassium sparing diuretics, uh, those drugs can worsen kidney function on their own. And if we put another drug on board like COX-2 inhibitor and NSAID, uh, that can uh, exacerbate that as well. GI bleed risk and those drug interactions, you got to think about patients on anticoagulants, uh, antiplatelet meds, uh, you know, enoxaparins, heparins, any drug that's going to thin the blood out, uh, that can increase that bleed risk for sure. Uh, cardiovascular risk, I mentioned that warning. We've got to think about other drugs that can worsen that cardiovascular risk. Uh, the classic uh, example that comes to mind as far as clots and issues that way is estrogen. Uh, so definitely um, consider that. Think about that in a patient at risk. Digoxin concentrations can be increased with celecoxib. Important to remember that. Uh, celecoxib as well as NSAIDs can raise lithium concentrations, okay? So very, very important in our you know, bipolar patients that may be taking lithium to, to recognize that. And this may seem like a no-brainer as I wrap up drug interactions, but you have got to talk to patients about what medications they take over the counter. I have time and again seen patients take over-the-counter NSAIDs with celecoxib. Now, whether they uh, weren't adequately educated, they didn't adequately understand, interpret uh, what was being, the education being provided to them. Uh, we've got to make sure uh, to ask those questions because you're, you're basically, uh, you know, doubling up on that GI bleed risk if we're using, um, you know, an over-the-counter ibuprofen or an over-the-counter naproxen on top of a celecoxib. So definitely something I've seen in practice. I've seen patients do that something that you really, really uh, need to be aware of. And if you're prescribing, if you're recommending, if you're dispensing, if you're educating a patient about celecoxib, uh, definitely be clear in what they uh, shouldn't take with that. And they shouldn't, uh, in general, take other NSAIDs with that celecoxib. So important education point. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that for today. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, find it helpful, leave a rating, review. That is so appreciative on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, share us with a friend. Uh, we certainly greatly appreciate uh, that. You can reach out to me at mededucation101 at gmail.com. Find me on LinkedIn as well. Those are probably the two best spots where I um, respond the, the most there. And go get, grab your free PDF at realliferomacology.com. 31-page PDF where I highlight really, really 
highly testable, highly important things uh, in clinical practice. So great for anybody uh, that's taking pharmacology, looking to take pharmacology, uh, or just looking to kind of expand and recall uh, important drug information. Uh, I'm going to sign off for today, Eric Christensen, pharmacist. Uh, take care. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Hi, this is Dr. Joy. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood.